Hallelujah. What an awesome word. If you've still got your Bibles open to Genesis 26, that verse 16, it says, And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. How does that go off in you? You see what the true potential of a believer is? That a believer in God who trusts him is mightier than a nation. You have the potential in you to be more powerful than a nation. Glory to God. And what are we what, what's the message for today? Do you remember? Moving in God's power. Moving in God's power. So if you have the potential to be mightier than a nation, how much power is available to you if you allow God to move through you? Glory to God. You see, Jesus said in in Matthew 6, Verse 33, but seek for, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, God's kingdom. Strive after God's kingdom. What is that? It's God's way of doing things. If you strive after doing things God's way, then you're living in his kingdom. You're already translated in his kingdom. And see, if you describe it like this, people who come to Australia from other nations, some choose to become Australian citizens and take on the way Australia does things. But there's others who come and they choose to keep the old ways, keep the ways that they do things in their own nation. And they expect the Australians to submit to their way of doing things and make allowances for them. But you see, people try to do that in the kingdom of God. They get translated into the kingdom of God, but they don't give up their old ways. If you don't give up your old ways from this world, then don't expect to have the privileges in the kingdom of God that's available to you. You need to give up the old ways. So seek seek for and aim at and strive after. So what is it to strive after? It's, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It doesn't matter how many times you make a mistake. You get up and go again to get it right. Seek after first, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. So the promise of Jesus is that everything you have need of in this life is available to you. It's already been provided for you. 
if you come into alignment with the kingdom's way of doing and being. Let it sink in. How are you aligning yourself with the kingdom? If you want to move in God's power, then you need to be rightly aligned with the kingdom of God. And that requires a character adjustment within your life so that you can come into alignment with the kingdom and receive everything God has made available to you. And then when your character is developed enough, God will continue to pour out his power through you. But you see, if you have his power in all its fullness right off the bat, without submitting to him all of your life, then it's like putting a big V8 from a drag car into a little smart car. It won't handle it. It'll blow apart. It won't handle the power. You see, you, you have all authority. You have the power available to you. But in order to allow it to come through you, you need to make a few changes and adjustments in your life. So the first real key is your relationship to God. Your relationship to God. What is it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You need to have faith in God. Let's go to Mark 11, 22. Most of the scriptures will be from the Passion Translation. Mark 11, verse 22. This is red letter, isn't it? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus replied, he said, let the faith of God be in you. Let the faith of God be in you. What The word let means that you have to allow something to happen. You have to let it be. You have to let God's faith be in you. That means you can stop it. You can hinder it. But if you let the faith of God be in you, then listen. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith, and does not doubt. So here you have an opportunity to doubt. So you can speak something, but in your mind you can be doubting. You have to be fully convinced that what God's word says is true. You have to be fully convinced that what you're about to speak will come to pass. So listen to the truth I speak. To you, whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt. Whoever says mountain, what's the mountain? Whatever obstacle is in front of you, whatever problem you're facing. Mountain, problem, be lifted up and thrown 
into the midst of the sea. And see, there's an instruction. You have to speak to the problem. And then you have to tell the problem what to do. So most people, they ask God to fix their problem. But God says, I've given you all authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. Now you do it. Jesus was our example when he lived on the face of the earth. What we could do, the potential we had as believers. And now we're under a better covenant, the covenant of his blood that gives us more potential. He said, these things that I do, you'll do, and greater works than I do, you can do. So you can do greater things than what Jesus did. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have incredible potential. You see, speak to the mountain, speak to your problem, speak to the situation, speak to the weather, command the weather what to do. So I learned a long time ago that I can speak to the weather, that I can change what's going to happen. Glory to God. And many times we have seen where it's been forecast, rain. It's been cloudy in the morning. But when we need it to be open, heaven, glory to God, the clouds have cleared. The rain's not coming. I've seen storm clouds coming at me and they've parted because I said, you shall not rain on me here, but you shall split and go one side and the other side and no rain shall fall here. And all those around me laughed. But then when the clouds arrived, glory to God, they split. They went one side and the other, and no rain fell where I was standing. Hallelujah. You see, speak to the weather. Speak and make it clear what the problem or the situation has to do. So in the name of Jesus, you have the power. And as we saw this morning, you have the power greater than a nation. Because the creator of heaven and earth abides within you. So, but then you have to believe that what you say will happen. You see, some people make the statement, you know, or pray the prayer, but they're just trying it. They don't really believe it in their heart. You have to be fully convinced that what you have said will come to pass. So, mountain problem be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and i believe it in my heart and it will happen hallelujah so when you pray the prayer when you make the statement when you make the decree take a moment to believe it so this is the reason i urge you to be boldly to boldly believe that whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. When do you receive what you pray for? The moment you pray. It's already been dispatched. We see in Daniel when he prayed, the angel came three weeks later 
21 days after he prayed, the angel of the Lord arrived. And the angel said to him, the moment you prayed, the Lord sent me. But I was held up. You see, there's a war going on in the spirit. Satan is continually trying to block you from receiving what God has made available to you. The Bible says that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. And that whatever you bind on earth is what is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is what lo is loosed in heaven. That is, what, whatever you don't allow on earth is not allowed in heaven. Or it's, you see it the other way, that whatever God does not allow in heaven, you can say, I don't allow it here on earth either, in Jesus' name. And whatever God allows in heaven, you can say, I call it in, in Jesus' name, to be here on earth. Hallelujah. The peace of God. Thank you, Lord, that you can abide in his peace. Hallelujah. So I bind all demonic activity, every evil spirit that would come against my household, that would come against my job, that would come against my possessions in Jesus' name. And I loose the angels of God that are assigned to protect my household, to protect all my possessions, to protect my job, my workplace, my colleagues, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then believe that what you have said will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Why? Because you prayed. Because you decreed it. Because you spoke it. So this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe that whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, whenever, whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him. Release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you for your faults. Hallelujah. But if you do not release Forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. So forgiveness is another key. Forgiveness is a major key. Thank you, Lord. But faith, have faith in God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus says in Luke 18, 8, will he find faith when he returns? Will he find faith in the earth when Jesus returns? 18. Is that right? Luke 18. So even so, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of undying faith in the earth? Undying faith. Will your faith in God endure? 
So even though you don't see results at times, do you lose faith? Or do you, like Daniel, believe in God and trust him, even though you can't see a result yet? Trust him that what he has said in his word will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. But you have to stand on the word. Stand on the word. Let's go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. This is known as the faith chapter. Have faith in God. Verse 1. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith brings our hope into reality. And becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's the foundation for us to receive everything that God has for us. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So in the spirit realm, it's unseen to the natural eye. But in the spirit, you can see. Glory to God. So when we see Elisha and Gehazi, they saw the servant of Elisha arose and saw an army surrounding them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And when his eyes were opened, he saw around surrounding the army that surrounded them with chariots of fire. And Elisha said, there's more with us than with them. So fear not. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Don't fear. So (laughs) faith is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God, by the power of God's word, the power of God's word. You see, you already have power in your midst. His word, as you hold his word, as you speak his word, there's power in his word. His word was sent forth to create everything you see in the universe was created by him. In Hebrews 1, we see that he holds everything together by the power of his word. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Thank you, Jesus. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel 
still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith translated Enoch from his life, and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. Is your life a pleasure to God? Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warned and warnings from God about what was coming. Even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in a reverent obedience. In a reverent obedience to God. And built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned. But Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. When you believe in him. When you put your faith in God, when you trust Him, His provisions available for you. He calls you righteous. That is, you're in right standing with Him. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. So how many times have you received an instruction from God, and then you want to know all of the details? When, when he tells you to do something, or to go somewhere, or to give something, You don't need to know all the details, just the step, the first step. Once you receive the first step, which direction, Lord? How much, Lord? You see, when you ask the right questions, you'll get the answer. But most people ask the wrong questions. They want to know all of the details before they make a move. But you see, if, if you know all the details, then your enemy knows all the details as well. Glory to God. If you know all the details, your enemy will also know all the details. But if you go out not knowing where you're going, trusting God to lead you every step of the way, then the devil has no clue where you're going. Or what you're doing. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land. And though it belonged to someone else, he sojourned through the land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. Hallelujah. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power and conceived even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. Nothing is impossible with God. 
for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. And she tapped into his faithfulness. When you tap into the faithfulness of God, when you tap into the word of God, you receive that authority that enables you to stand unshakable on his foundation. In fact, so many children were subsequently fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, that he now has offspring as innumerable as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. Glory to God. These heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. How do you live your life on earth now? Do you live as a child of God in the kingdom of God, not affected by the world system? Or do you live under the control of the world system in fear? You see, if you live in faith in the kingdom of God, then it doesn't matter what happens in the world. You will not be affected by it. You see, even in this pandemic, we, <laughs> there is many testimonies where Christians continue to get work. Christians continue to have an income. Glory to God. They're not held back by this world system. For God has made a provision for you. It's available to you. All you have to do is receive it. You see, I... I haven't missed out on work all through the pandemic. Glory to God. And Keith, well, he's just breaking sales records. <laughs> so much so, he told me this morning, his competition is jealous of him. But isn't that what the word says? That God will cause you to be so prosperous, to be so successful, that the world will be jealous of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, he'll cause Christians to be so wealthy, to be so successful, that even the Jews will be jealous of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is so good. So do you belong to another realm? Yes, I do. I belong to the kingdom of God, the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. So for clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city, yeah, the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. So if you find yourself still longing for what was, then you're in trouble. You need to confess that as sin. Sin? Yes. Why? Because it's, it belongs to the world system. So what was in the past of your old life is in the past. It's gone. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press on towards the goal 
that God has assigned me. Hallelujah. Press on forward, not looking back, not looking back, longing for. So the children of Israel, <clears throat> when they were trapped at the Red Sea and saw the Egyptian army coming, they longed for what was back at Egypt, food and clothing and provision, shelter. But God had better things in mind for them. Hallelujah. And he led them through the Red Sea. And in the Red Sea, God wiped out the greatest army on the face of the earth at the time. The entire Egyptian army completely wiped out in one incident by the power of God. Hallelujah. So fear not what you face, for God already has a way through. He says, it doesn't matter what comes against you. God already has a way for you to go through it and overcome. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fire. Hallelujah. They wouldn't bow their knee to another God. Thank you, Jesus. But they got thrown into the fire. And in the fire was one who looked like the Son of God walking with them in, in the midst of the fire. So God says in Isaiah, even though you go through the fire, you won't be burnt. You go through the flood, you won't drown. Hallelujah. Stand on his word. When you're facing a problem, know that God is with you all the way. And he has a way for you to endure through it. So don't allow fear to get a stronghold on you. Don't allow fear to take a hold of you. The moment you sense fear coming on, bind it in the name of Jesus and speak the word. And the word says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of love, a spirit of power, a spirit of a sound mind. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit God has given to you to enable you to endure and overcome, to go through and not be affected. Glory to God. But you are an overcomer. You see, how, how can you say you're an overcomer if you had nothing to overcome? Hmm. That one hit, didn't it? <laughs> how can you say, I am a believer, and a believer is an overcomer, if you have nothing to overcome? You see, that's why you stand on God's word and he'll enable you to overcome every problem. I don't care what it is, you can overcome it. Hallelujah. I shared a testimony of a young guy who had, was given 10 hours to live. He had a, an aggressive cancer and it had manifested in his stomach and was the size of a basketball. But his mother and his father never gave up. And he never gave up. So even though the doctor said, you've only got 10 hours to live, you won't see through the night, glory to God. They did not believe the report of the doctors. They believed the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says, you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. He stood on the word of God. And in the morning, during the night, the nurses came in to check on him and found that his kidneys sat hadn't been functioning for a while, had now begun to function. Glory to God. 
And by morning, he's still there. Hallelujah. And getting better. He was totally healed. But that wasn't the only miracle. The doctors didn't believe it. And they said, we need to put you on this chemotherapy. So they put him on a chemotherapy. But the chemotherapy they used on him was an experimental one. And the doctors came to him afterwards, after he was totally healed. And they said to him, you don't understand. And we don't understand. You should have died from that cancer. Everybody who gets that cancer dies. And the chemotherapy we put you on was an experimental one. And everybody that we put on that chemotherapy has died, except you. Glory to God. You see, no matter what man tries to do, no matter how the devil tries to put you out, if you continue to stand on the word of God, you will come through and overcome. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. <clears throat> so because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, and when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promise of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son for God had promised, through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry on your name. Hallelujah. Through your son Isaac. So he received the promise of God and he stood on the promise of God. So Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead. And symbolically, that's exactly what happened. Glory to God. So the power of faith promised Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. And then Jacob, he worshipped in faith's reality at the end of his life. And leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. Faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. So faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. Are you do you refuse to be afraid of the narrative that you continually hear on the social media, on the news networks, on the radio and television? The narrative that you hear people continually speaking of fear that has been portrayed to them? Or do you succumb to it? So I, I choose to stand on the word of God and what it says that nothing by any means shall harm you. Nothing by any means shall harm you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. So faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. Refuse to be afraid of the narrative of the world that you continually hear. 
and continually confess the word of God. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. Choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God, Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. Glory to God. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed. Suffering abuse for being anointed. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Christians constantly suffer abuse from the world because of the anointing that's on them. So many times people have tried to attack me, say things to me, do things to me. What for? Because of the one who abides within. You see, it's not me they're attacking, it's him, Jesus. I've had people try to punch me in the face, but they don't connect. They throw the punch, but it doesn't connect. Glory to God, because there's an angel standing in front of me, and there's an angel behind me, and there's angels on the side of me. Glory to God. So no matter where I go or what I do, God is always with me and his protection abides with me wherever I go, whatever I do. And when people say things to me, they don't affect me. I'm not moved by what people say. I'm moved by what God says. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in his word. Trust what the Lord says about you. He says, you're precious. You're a precious child to him. So it doesn't matter what man thinks about you. It matters what God thinks about you. So choose the way of pleasing God. Choosing instead to suffer the mistreatment of the people of God, Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed more than in anything the world could offer him. For his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate faith's great reward. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. Faith stirred Moses to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming their firstborn. Hallelujah. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea, as if on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Hallelujah. You see, God always has your best interest at heart. So no matter what circumstances around you appear to be, know that God is on your side and that he has your best interest at heart. And even though all looks lost, know that God has a way through the problem to overcome and bring you out victorious. Hallelujah. 
So faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab, the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of the unbelievers because she received the Hebrew spies in peace. Hallelujah. You see, all of the walls of Jericho fell down except one part. That was where Rahab's house was. That part of the wall didn't fall down. And all of her family who trusted her and believed in her and came and into her house, they survived. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God fulfills his word. <clears throat> so when you speak the word of God, you'll see it fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so verse 32, and what more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon. Gideon and the 300. Numbers don't count when you have God on your side. You see, you to the power of God is invincible. Glory to God. That's exponential to the max. Thank you, Jesus. And what more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith's power, through faith's power, they conquered the kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, put out the power of raging fires, and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Hmm. Glory to God. Although weak, their faith imparted power. So although weak, their faith imparted power power to make them strong you see in our own strength we're weak but in him we have the power of the kingdom of god and you see god makes you strong he enables you to overcome but you have to trust him rely on him not doubting in your heart but have faith in god so faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Armies from another realm. That's angel armies. When you speak the word of God, you release the angel armies of God to do battle on your behalf. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured, and they didn't deny their faith in order to be freed because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beatings with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith Champions were brutally killed by stoning. 
being sawn in two or slaughtered by the sword. These lived in faith as they went about wearing goatskins and sheepskins for clothing. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great afflictions and they were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth living in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains and in holes in the earth. Truly, the world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were. You see, the, the world doesn't appreciate you. Why? Because it lives under Satan's realm. They despise you because Satan despises you. So he causes them to see you in a different light. He causes them to despise you. So our battle in this world is against the principalities and powers, <clears throat> the rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. So these, these were the true heroes, <clears throat> commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside of us. Glory to God. You see, because of what Jesus has done, because of the price that he has paid, because of what his blood has provided, we have the potential to do what they saw being done. To preach the uncompromised gospel of Jesus Christ. To see souls saved. To destroy the works of the devil everywhere we see it. To take dominion on the earth as God first instructed Adam and Eve. We have the power within us to do and to accomplish everything that God desired to be done on the earth. To take dominion in it. Where do you take dominion? Start with your world. Where you have the influence, where you have the ability to speak into a situation or circumstance, take dominion where you live and overcome. Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So have faith in God. Yeah. Have faith in God. When you have faith in him, you'll see the power of God released in you. So what's the next? That's the first step. We just got past part one. <laughs> Glory to God. There's only 10 more to go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the first step, have faith in God. Yes? Not wavering. Not wavering. Not wondering if. Not doubting. But moving forward, pressing in, overcoming. So the second thing is confess your sin. So 1 John 1 9. <clears throat> it's not a scripture that gives you an excuse to sin, but it is a scripture that God has put in here <laughs> to let you know. That even if you fall, even if you make a mistake, even if you miss the mark, 
he has made a way through for you. And what does it say? 1 John 1 9. But if we freely admit our sins, when his light uncovers them. Okay? So <clears throat> some Christians say, I've got to I've got to find out what the sin is. I've got to and they try to go into themselves to dig out, to look for the sins that they've committed that has caused a problem. But the Bible clearly says that the Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. So then we don't go looking for it, but we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. When he reveals the sin that is causing the problem, then we can confess it. It doesn't say beg for mercy. It doesn't say ask for forgiveness. So I often hear Christians praying, asking God to forgive them. It doesn't say ask. It says confess. What is it to confess? When you confess your sin, you're owning, taking responsibility for it. When you're asking God to take it away, you haven't confessed it. You haven't taken responsibility for the sin. You have simply gone and asked God to fix it. But God says, I've already done it. I sent my son. He died on the cross for you. He paid the price for you. But you need to come and take responsibility for what you've done in the past and confess it as sin. And when you do, this is what 1 John 1 9 says. But if we freely admit our sins, when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. Hallelujah. So this is what, there's a footnote in the Passion Translation. And it says, Confession of sin is the way to find restoration and unbroken fellowship with God. Do you want unbroken fellowship with God? Then confession of sin is the way to walk in an unbroken fellowship with him. It cleanses the conscience and removes every obstacle from communion with Christ. So if you've got an obstacle or if you feel distant from God, then there's a sin that you haven't confessed yet. So you find the closer you get to God, the more he will reveal to you the things that are holding him you back. Yeah? And when they're revealed, you just simply need to confess it as sin. Confess what you've done. Take ownership of it. Give it to him. That is... a Give it over to him. And then the blood of Jesus washes us clean. Hallelujah. So confession does not gain God's acceptance. Okay. Confession does not gain God's acceptance. For that was won for us forever by the sacrifice of Christ. You see, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us while we were still sinners. And his death on the cross paid the price for us so we would be accepted. 
So it is on the basis of being his dearly loved children that we restore intimacy with God through our tender-hearted confession before him. Hallelujah. God will always be faithful to restore our first love, passion for him. He's faithful to restore our first love, passion for him. There is no need to confess the same sins over and over and over and over. So once you have confessed your sin to God, he's faithful and just to forgive you. So it says God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once you have confessed it, God has already cleansed you. So you don't need to continually confess the sin. Glory to God. <clears throat> so where is, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of the sin, when he shows you what it is, there's a conviction. The conviction is in your spirit. That's down here. Your spirit is here. You'll sense the conviction. Up here is condemnation. In the head is condemnation. When the devil reminds you of your past sins, you get condemned. You get a condemnation up here. Don't allow that condemnation to cause you to go into confessing sins over and over and over. Understand it's the devil trying to get you to not believe what the word of God says and to continually come before the Father and confess sins of the past that you have already confessed and been forgiven for. Glory to God. You see, the devil will have you on a merry-go-round of continually confessing sin, confessing sin, confessing sin, thinking that you have never been forgiven. But God says, once you've confessed it, he's forgiven you and cleansed you. It's forgotten. It's wiped out. It's never to be recorded. It's not recorded in heaven. So the next time you come around with that sin to try and confess it, God's going, what are you talking about? What sin? It's not here. It's not on record. Because he's already wiped it out. The blood of Jesus has washed you clean. Hallelujah. So stand on the word of God. Understand condemnation from the devil is not a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God will always be faithful to restore our first love passion for him. There is no need to confess the same sins over and over. For that is ignoring the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. All of our sins were paid for on the cross and we can do nothing to remove them. But confession acknowledges God's faithfulness to restore our intimacy with him. Our Father and our forgiving Redeemer fill the heavens and grace towards every believer, even when we sin. So our Father and our forgiving Redeemer fill the heavens with grace towards every believer, even when we sin. Yeah? So we're still in this body. And, and this body continually comes under temptation to sin. Yeah, we continually trip up and make mistakes. Yeah, it, <clears throat> it's not going out and intentionally sinning. It's having a wrong thought, saying a wrong word, doing something that we shouldn't do. Glory to God. 
But that's a confession that we need to make. See, and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so 1 John 1, 9 <clears throat> and John 16 and 8 tells us it's the Holy Spirit who convicts us. He convicts the world of sin. Thank you, Jesus. So it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. So don't trust condemnation. Move on conviction. Trust the Holy Spirit. So confession of sin is number two. Number one, faith. Have faith in God. Number two, confess your sin. Number three, pray. Pray at all times. In Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20. Ephesians 6. From verse 18, the Apostle Paul says, pray passionately. Don't you love that? Pray passionately. Do you pray passionately or do you pray passive? Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. This is the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest preachers. <laughs> and he's asking for believers to pray for him when he preaches. Glory to God. You see, we need to pray for one another. Keep praying for believers. <clears throat> Verse 20, yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. You see, no matter where you go, you are Christ's ambassador. You are an ambassador for God into this world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're an ambassador for God into this world, no matter where you are. So see, Paul says, even though I'm in prison in chains, I'm still his ambassador. And see, many times when we see Paul in prison, he's, he's praising God, giving God the glory. Why? Because he knows that that's not his destiny, that this is just a pathway to his destiny. Thank you, Jesus. It's not his home. Prison is not your home. Thank you, Jesus. God has a way for you to be released. Thank you, Jesus. So it doesn't matter what it appears to be. God has a way through just for you. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So that's number three. Pray at all times. With all manner of prayer, pray. Pray. Pray is simply talking to God. Communing with Him. Hallelujah. It's not difficult. You don't need a theological degree. You simply need to talk to God, the creator of heaven and earth. Love on Him. Bless Him. Thank Him. Continually thank God for the things that He's done for you and the things that He has planned for you. 
thank him for what he has recorded in heaven for you to fulfill. Thank him for the assignments that he's given you. Thank him for the people that he puts in support of you. Thank him for the believers that are around the globe praying for you in your hour of need. You see, I, I came home from a, a mission trip a number of years ago. <clears throat> I've been away for three weeks and I was exhausted because you see, when, when you go away on a mission trip, you tend to be um, living in the spirit. 24-7, and people draw on you. They're asking you questions. They're constantly looking for revelation from you. They're constantly drawing, and you're constantly giving out. <clears throat> and after three weeks of it, you, you tend to, your physical body tends to be drained. And I came home totally exhausted and looking for some sleep. And I went and laid down to have a sleep. And my son, who was only young at the time, was still a baby, um, he started crying. So even though I was exhausted, he was distressed. And because he was distressed, I was awake and I couldn't sleep. But I was so tired that I didn't even feel like I could pray. And I just simply remembered the scripture that the Holy Spirit coordinates. He he has believers around the globe praying for you. So if the Apostle Paul is asking for you to pray for all believers, then pray for them. And I simply asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I ask you to join my faith with those whom you have around the globe praying for me and my household at this time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I release my faith. And believe that you have people around the globe praying for me and my household and the peace of my household in Jesus' name. And you know, the moment I, I said that, it stopped. He stopped crying. He was no longer distressed. And peace filled my household. And I went to sleep. Hallelujah. You see, but I could have been awake for hours. And I could have got angry and upset, but no. You see, when you're really tired, I mean stupid tired, your mind plays tricks. You, you start to think stupid things. You start to do stupid things. And that's the time to rest in him. Recognize your state. Understand I am stupid tired. Understand I need help. Never be afraid to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Glory to God. He is there to help you. That is what Jesus called him, our helper. He's our advocate. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. Eh? Glory to God. And he will lead you into all the truth. So when you pick up the word of God to, to study it, to read it, ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to you. Ask him to give you what you need from the word to enable you to endure and overcome every problem, to enable you to have the wisdom of God flow through you in your situation, in your workplace. You know, God is able to give you answers that people in your workplace don't know. Jesse Duplantis, he, he shared a testimony of when he was building the church and he asked 
for his church not to have any pillars in the middle because he didn't want to have people sitting behind pillars. He wanted to have everybody in the congregation to have an open view of what's going on at the front. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He didn't want any obstacles in the church. But the architect, he couldn't see a way to do it. So he designed the church with pillars in it. And, and partway through the, the construction, it was revealed that there was going to be pillars. And Jesse said, I'm not having pillars. And the architect says, you've got to have them. And Jesse said, no, I don't. And the architect says, yes, you do. And Jesse says, no, I don't. There is not going to be any pillars. And the architect says, there is no other way of doing it. And Jesse says, yes, there is. He said, gather everyone together. So all of the construction workers came together, those who were still smoking, those who were not believers, those who were workers, the laborers, the cement people, everybody who was involved in the, on the construction site, Jesse brought them all together, including the builders, architects. And he said, I am going to pray right now for God to reveal to one of you how we can construct this roof without pillars. So then he got them to pray. He said, bow your heads and I'll pray and God will reveal it to you. So he prayed. And then when he finished his prayer, he looked up and said, okay, who's got it? And he's waiting. He said, God's given somebody here the answer, who's got it? And one of the laborers, not a builder, not an architect, a laborer, he said, what if we did it this way? And the architect went, bing, that'll work. Hallelujah. You see, it, it doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be qualified for the answer, but you have the one who has the answer within you. So you see, even if you're a street sweeper, if you're a cleaner, if you're a laborer, it doesn't mean that God can't give you the answer. You don't have to have the qualifications because you have the one who qualifies within. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is good. Yeah. So in your workplace, when they're looking for an answer, you will have it. Ask. You have not because you ask not. Ask and believe God that he'll provide you with the answer you need. And that's the power of God flowing through you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you excited? I am. Because the next one is study the word. Meditate in the scriptures. Study the word. So the first one is faith. Have faith in God. The second one, confess your sin. The third one, pray. Pray at all times with all manner of prayer. Pray. The fourth, the fourth one is study. Study the word. Meditate in it day and night. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. So this is coming from the Amplified, the loud version. Joshua. When I get to Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. You ready for this? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, what, what book of the law did Joshua have at the time? He, he only had the first part, this, this bit here, just a little bit, the front bit. You know, the first five books, that, they're called the Pentateuch. That, that was his book of the law. He may have had the book of Job because it was written earlier. But you see, the book of the law was what Moses had written. Hallelujah. So even this part was enough for him to do all that he did. <laughs> Hallelujah. How much more have we got with instructions, with examples, with illustrations of how to move and live and abide in the kingdom of God? Thank you, Lord. So this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Observe it and do according to all that is written in it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you shall make your way prosperous. Who makes your way prosperous? You do. You make it prosperous because you have spent time in the word. Because you have had your mind renewed by the word of God and you are able to apply the word of God in your life. And that is what makes your way prosperous. You've made your way prosperous because you've stood on the word of God. Hallelujah. And you've renewed your mind by the word. So now when you're operating as a child of God in the kingdom of God, you bring the kingdom of God into the earth. Hallelujah. And you'll make your way prosperous. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. You'll deal wisely. Jesus said, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So, so as a kingdom-minded person, we need to be wise in this world. Be wise how you deal with people. Be wise how you deal with finances. Be wise how you deal with your substance and your provision. Be wise in what you do. How do you get that wisdom from the Holy Spirit? And as he gives you revelation from the word of God, he'll tell you how to live. He'll show you how to deal with people, how to deal with situations, how to deal with circumstances. In verse 9, he says, "Have I?" God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be strong. Be vigorous and very courageous. Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. God said, You. Be strong, be vigorous, be very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He gives you a promise that he's with you wherever you go. He gave the promise to Joshua. That's an Old Testament. And then Jesus said, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God is always with you wherever you go. You can't hide from him. David said, where can I go and hide from you? I go down into Sheol, Lord, and you're there. It doesn't matter where I go, you're there. And he is. He never leaves you. He's always with you to support you. And he wants to help you. Won't you accept his help? Hallelujah. So it's up to me. Say it's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. 
to be prosperous. It's up to me. So I have to see myself as strong. I have to see myself as vigorous. I have to see myself as being very courageous. It's a state of being. Yeah, Your mindset has to be focused on I'm strong in the Lord. So with the Lord, I am strong. With him, I'm invincible. Hallelujah. The devil can't have a hold on you. Why? Because you choose to be in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2. Uh, yeah, 2 Timothy 2.15. We'll do that one. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> this is in the Amplified again. And it says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved. Study and be eager to do your, do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. Okay? So when you study the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you read and meditate in the scriptures, you'll hear yourself speaking it. It builds your faith. But then that faith comes under trial and test. And when it's proven, you stand on the word of God through the trial, you overcome. When you overcome, now that faith that you had in the word of God has been proven. And now, now it is experiential faith. Why? Because it has become my experience that because I put faith in God and he came through, I now know that by standing on the word of God, it works. So therefore, I can stretch myself to believe more and go further and higher and greater works. Hallelujah. So study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed. Correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Teaching the word of truth. You are all teachers. If you are a believer in God, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're in the kingdom of God, then you're also a teacher. Glory to God. Why? Because we are told to make disciples of nations. And in order to do that, we need to teach. But I haven't got any qualifications for teaching. Well, you don't need qualifications because the one who is in you is the teacher, the Holy Spirit. And he gives you the ability to teach everything you have experientially learned. So once you have experientially learn things from the word of God, hallelujah, you can teach what you have proven through the word. You can teach others how to overcome, how to be successful, how to believe what the word says. You bring revelation to the body of Christ. You bring revelation to the world, the things that God has revealed to you. Hallelujah. So as a believer, you're a teacher. You can teach people what you have learned. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Though sometimes people won't listen to teachers. People won't listen to others, but they will listen to you. And when you share your testimony, when you share the revelation that God's given you, people will hear and receive what you have to say. You see, James 1.22, I'll go back to the Passion Translation. James 1, in the Passion Translation, verse 22 says, Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. So the word of God becomes a lifestyle to you. When you put his word to action, when you do the word of God, you'll see incredible things happen. You'll see the power of God manifest through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? So the first, have faith in God. Stand on the uncompromised word of God. Number two, confess your sin. Keep short accounts. So when the Holy Spirit reveals things to you, confess it. Hallelujah. Number three, pray at all times. Pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Pray the kingdom of God into the earth. Pray for all believers that they'll have a boldness to proclaim their faith. Hallelujah. To preach the uncompromised gospel. Pray at all times with all manner of prayer. Study. Number four, study to show yourself approved. A worker under righteousness. You want the power of God to move through you? Then you have to study the word. You have to find, you'll see examples all the way through the scriptures of how God moved through people. How God moved through people to transform nations. To transform situations. To change kings' hearts. Glory to God. So you can be an overcomer. You can be prosperous. And prosperity is not always talking about finance. So people get hung up when they hear the word prosper. They think stuff. No, I, I prosper in the kingdom of God. I prosper in the word of God. I, I prosper in the things that I do. Yeah. So always remember people are God's priority, not things. People. People are always God's priority. So prefer people over stuff. Prefer people over things. Prefer people because it's God's priority. Hallelujah. So we mentioned forgiveness. I've only got a couple of hours to go. Is that okay? Thank you, Jesus. Forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness. So we need to walk in forgiveness with people. Yeah. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15. We try and wrap this up for you. 
Matthew 6. <clears throat> 14 and 15, Jesus said, and, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. You see, but if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. So forgiveness is a key that you, you need to be able to forgive your brother. You need to be able to forgive your sister. You need to be able to forgive the world for the things that they've done to you, said to you, for the way they've treated you. Forgive them. <clears throat> I read a, a book called Murdered Heiress. <clears throat> it's about the, the woman who invented the perm and she became a, a multi-millionaire and she was already a, a millionaire in her own right. Her family was very wealthy. And she was kidnapped and held for ransom. And they'd, they treated her very badly. And she was able to escape. She escaped from the place where they were holding her uh, with a spoon. She undid screws on a window that enabled her to escape. And as she was running away, the Lord said, asked her to forgive these men that have done this to her. They treated her so badly that at one stage she almost died. And she wrestled with it initially. <laughs> forgive them, Lord. You realize what they've done? You realize what they've done to me? And the Lord said, you need to forgive them. And as she went through them one by one, she forgave each one for what they had done to her. So you see, then Heavenly Father could forgive her for the things she's done. But also forgiving them opened up the door for God to move on their heart for their salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah. So forgiveness is a major key. Don't hold anyone to ransom, but forgive. So Mark 11, 25 and 26, we read that earlier, but it says the same thing. To move in forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. And, and whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. And see, how can you have faith in God in whom you can't see and hold a brother whom you can see to ransom? No, forgive. Learn to forgive and ask the Holy Spirit if you, you say, but I can't forgive. Don't you understand what they've done to me? No, it's, it's simple. What did they do to Jesus? What did they do to Jesus? And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, man, man who does not know God is ruled by the devil. And so the devil chooses to destroy you through men. And he, he causes you to only see men. 
But if you will see as God sees that there is a principality, a power, a ruler of darkness, wicked spirits in high places that are controlling and manipulating men to cause them to do the things that they do, that are against the kingdom of God, then you can forgive men for what they do. But you need to pray. Pray constantly for the world. Pray for people to have their eyes open, their hearts open to hear the gospel message and to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So walk in forgiveness. Amen. And then learn to love people. Love people as God loves people. In Matthew 22, 37 and 39, there's two commandments there. Firstly, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. To love God and to love man. Love men. So your love for God is different from your love for men. <clears throat> your love for men is as a brother's and as sisters. Your love for God is, is another in another realm. Glory to God. It's just your whole heart. You love them. You love him with all your heart. In, in 1 John 4, 7 through to 21, we read there about God is love. God is love. He is love. And love is God. So Hollywood has destroyed the word love in the English language. So most people who think of love, it's, it's a passionate sexual thing. But that's far from it. That's only one part of love. Love is deeper than that. Love is more meaningful than that. Love is God. God is love. Yeah. In 2 Timothy 1.8, we overcome evil by the revelation of the power of God. We read that earlier, but we overcome evil by the power of God. Overcome evil by the power of God. The power of God within us enables us to overcome evil. So it doesn't matter what evil we face. We can overcome it if we look to God. So moving in the supernatural requires a lifestyle of submission to God. Submission to our Father, we, it requires us to lay down our life, lay down our plans, and pick up the desires and the plans that He has for our life. So in Luke 9, 23 and 27, I'll finish up with this scripture. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to all his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. So what is that? It's disown my natural life. It's laying down my life completely. Embrace my cross. Embrace my cross. <clears throat> that, that is... I'm willing to suffer and die as Christ did. That's what embracing the cross is about. It's I'm willing to lay down my life for him as he laid down his life for me. <clears throat> so completely embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. 
surrender to God's ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, that's sacrificing my life, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. What's that? That's eternal life. True life in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. The life that God provides for you. That's the true life that he's offering you. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, so if you choose to live out your own wills and desires, the things that you want to do, the things that you seek to make ple have pleasure in, then you will lose what you try to keep. If you try to keep it, you'll lose it. But even if you gained all the wealth and the power of this world and all the things it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process, what good is that? And you know, a lot of people sell their soul to the world. They'll do anything for money. They'll do anything to gain acknowledgement. They'll do anything for a title. So many people in the business world, they want a title. I'm a manager. I, I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a CEO. I, I have a master's degree. I have a this degree. I have an MBA. I, I'm, I'm a CEO. I'm a CEE. I'm a... God bless them. We need those people. But you see, if that's your ultimate goal, then what is that? And when you get there, what have you got? Does it provide you with the satisfaction and the, the, the sense of accomplishment that you desire? And I tell you not. that It will not. It will not satisfy you. If your goal is to get wealth and your drive is for money, how much do you need? And you'll set a goal and you'll get to be a millionaire. Glory to God. But when you get there, you want more. You'll never be satisfied. You'll always want more. You'll always want to get more. And, and how many people do you tread on along the way? How many people do you run over in order to get what you want? And you see, if people are important to God, he doesn't want you running over anybody. Glory to God. So if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gained all the wealth and the power of this world, you and all the things it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process, what good is that? So why then are you ashamed of being my disciple? Are you ashamed of the revelation truth that I give to you? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed of Jesus? I, the Son of Man, will one day return in my radiant brightness with the holy angels and in the splendor and majesty of my Father. On that day, I will be ashamed of everyone who has been ashamed of me. So I promise you this. There are some of you standing here right now who will not die until you have witnessed the presence and the power of God's kingdom realm. Hallelujah. So you see, if, if you choose to lay down your life for him and allow him to live out his life through you, then you'll see and you'll witness the presence and the power of God's kingdom realm.
Hallelujah. And isn't that what you desire? To move in God's power? <clears throat> then you need to lay down your life. You need to choose his way of doing and being right. You need to seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You need to have faith in God. You need to confess your sin to him. You need to pray at all times with all manner of prayer. You need to study, study the word, show yourself a worker under righteousness. You need to forgive all who have done wrong to you. You need to love people as God loves people. When you, and then lay down your life for him. Give up your own desires and allow him to light up his desire in you. Glory to God. And you'll see incredible things happen. You'll see. <laughs> so if your desire is to submit, <clears throat> then simply ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Then this will be your lifestyle. You can read this for yourself. Romans 8, 10 to 11. Read it. That'll be your lifestyle. And the power of God is now available to you. His power will flow through you. His power will demonstrate the kingdom of God to those around you. Hallelujah. And you'll see the kingdom of God manifest everywhere you go. So miracles will be your lifestyle. You see, kingdom people, they don't see miracles. They see kingdom. Destroying the works of the devil is part of the kingdom business. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So he no longer has power over you. Thank you, Jesus. So you become a kingdom-minded person. And everywhere you go, you destroy the kingdom of darkness. So the world calls it miracles. Kingdom-minded people call it lifestyle. Hallelujah. God's so good. So thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Are you ready for this? You need to pray right now for him to move on your heart and to cause you to be the man or the woman that he ordained you to be. So you can rise up in this world and be his instrument for salvation. Be his instrument to bring his word into this world. Be his instrument to demonstrate the kingdom of God to this world. And you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. God believes in you because you believe in him. Hallelujah. He believed in you first. That's why he sent his son to set you free. He sent his son to enable you to be the person he ordained you to be, the person he dreamed you to be. Allow him to move through you. You need to let go and let God. Let go and let God. Don't be a control freak. Don't try and control everything yourself. Allow God to move through you. Trust him explicitly. Trust him. 
when you have faith in him, and that is trust. That, that is all trust is. Faith is trust, and trust is faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you, and we give you glory. We give you praise, and we give you honor. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the love that you have for each one of us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and sacrificed yourself for us, that you gave up your place in glory to come and lay down your life for us, to pay the price for us. We thank you, Jesus. And so, Jesus, we confess our sin to you, the things that we've done wrong, the things we've said wrong, our sins of omission. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal those things that we need to confess to us so that we can bring them before the Father and confess them and be set free from the things that hold us back. <clears throat> and Father, all those who have wronged us, all those who have, we have held to ransom, that we have held back, that we have held in judgment, Father, we forgive them now in Jesus' name. All those who have wronged us, all those who have we've been holding in unforgiveness, we release them. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you enable us to release each one that we've held. Release each one in Jesus' name. And Father, we come now and submit to you as our Lord and our Savior, as our soon coming King. We lay down our life and ask you to live out your life through us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to direct us through the word as we meditate and study in it, that we can receive all that you have for us, that you will reveal your will to us step by step, so that as we set about to do your will, we will see your life manifesting through us, that the kingdom of God shall flow through us and see many souls saved in Jesus' name. And Father, we receive all that you have for us. We thank you, Father, for the blessings that you've already laid out for us. We thank you for your provision that you've made available to us. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit whom you've given to us to minister through us. And we thank you that we are well able to overcome every problem the devil sends our way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable us to manifest the kingdom of God in this earth that we can destroy all the works of the devil, that no matter what comes our way, we are well able to overcome, that we are well able to put down all of the works of the devil in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, that this week shall be a week like no other, but this week we shall hunger and thirst after righteousness. This week we shall see, seek all that the Father has planned for us to do, and we shall do it as he's instructed us in Jesus' name. We ask for souls, salvation of souls in Jesus' name. That, Father, you would see many souls come into the kingdom of God this week. We ask for boldness to come upon each person that's in the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. That they shall arise and deliver the word that you have placed within them in Jesus' name with power. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We give you glory for it. And Father, all those who are listening now to the sound of my voice, 
who have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and have a desire to come into the kingdom. I ask you now to say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I confess my sin to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and make me brand new. I thank you, Jesus, that you are now Lord of my life and that you have directed me to be a child of the King. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from my past. Thank you, Jesus, for enabling me to fulfill the Father's will in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that I am now a member of the kingdom of God. And if I die today, I'm going straight to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Father, I ask now in Jesus' name that all those who haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the baptism of the Holy Spirit into all believers who want to receive it right now. In Jesus' name, just reach out and grab a hold and allow the Holy Spirit to move through you in a greater measure. In Jesus' name. All those who are sick and infirmed right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority over all disease, sickness, infirmity, injuries, and I command you to be released now in Jesus' name and for your bodies to be made whole in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for setting the captives free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed. Be whole in Jesus' name. For the Lord your God is with you wherever wherever you go. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> please message us on Facebook or whatever medium you're on. Message us. Send us a message. Send us an email. Let us know where you're at. Let us know what you've received. <clears throat> and if you require any prayer, then message us for prayer requests. So we have our prayer teams who are constantly praying for people and seeing incredible miracles happen. People being set free, people being healed. Glory to God. So send us a message in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And now, so now to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin. And bring you faultless before his glorious presence. To stand before him with ecstatic delight. To the only God our Savior through our Lord Jesus Christ. Be endless glory and majesty. Great power and authority. From before he created time. Now and throughout all ages and eternity. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And let joy be your continual feast. Let the joy of the Lord be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. Make your life a prayer. 
and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Jesus Christ. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them in to the test. And afterwards, hold tightly to what has proven to be right. Avoid every appearance of evil. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, make you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Have an awesome week. God bless you.